The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Although you might not know this, age-related disease and health decline can start in our 60s, our 50s, our 40s, even our 30s. What you don't know can harm you. But with the right knowledge about your health and your body, these age-related issues can be prevented or even reversed. You'll get that knowledge today on Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. Dr. Bogard and her guests will answer your questions about your health. We want you to age gracefully. Now, here is Dr. Denise Bogard. Good morning. This morning, we're going to talk about regenerative treatments, specifically prolotherapy, PRP, which is plasma-rich platelets, and stem cells. What I try to do is build on each topic that I have covered over the last several weeks. Um, when, when I consider regenerative treatments, I've all, already built on optimizing your sex hormones to maintain your skeletal system, got worked on your inflammation so that uh, your inflammation is down. I um, make sure that your thyroid and your adrenals are balanced, that your cardiovascular system is optimized, <clears throat> that your lifestyle and your exercise program are also in place. And from there... We do have some regenerative techniques and methods that can improve your quality of life even more. This morning, I'll talk about the prolotherapy, the PRP, and the stem cells. So first of all, let's talk about prolotherapy. Prolotherapy is known as a regenerative injection therapy. It stimulates the body's natural healing process to strengthen joints weakened by dramatic or overuse injury. The technique involves the injection of a mild irritant solution such as dextrose, phenol, or glycerin. This causes an inflammatory response which stimulates the healing process. Prolotherapy is an excellent alternative to cortisone injections, which long-term studies have shown can actually weaken tissue. Both ligaments and tendons have very poor circulation, and it is this lack of blood supply which deprives them of the nutrients they need to heal properly. These weakened areas may have little or no blood flow, but they have a lot of nerves. That's why you may feel a significant amount of pain. Joints 
which have capsules and ligaments attached, ligaments and tendons attached. When these are stretched, the weakened sites produce new fibrous tissue, resulting in permanent destabilization of the joint. Indications for prolo injections include chronic neck and back pain, tennis or golfer's elbow, tendonitis, bursitis, plantar fasciitis, knee and hip degenerative joint disease, rotator cuff tears, carpal tunnel syndrome, TMJ, hand and foot arthritis, and Achilles tears. PRP, which is the plasma-rich platelets, plasma itself is the fluid portion of the blood, which contains cellular components such as white cells, red cells, and platelets. The PRP is the patient's own blood that has been concentrated so that more platelets and thus growth factors are available. The growth factors are released and stimulated and stimulate healing when a weakened joint causes, when a joint is weakened, um, such as by torn or damaged soft tissues, again, the tendons, ligaments, meniscus, or the labrum. So let's talk about stem cells. That's going to be the um, majority of my talk this morning. What are stem cells and why are they important? So stem cells can be classified as either autologous or allogenic, depending on their origin. Allogenic cells provide a promising option for stem cell therapies, given that they are free from the immunogenic complications and also the risk of malignancy. Autologous cells, so those are cells that come from our body themselves, also have a place in, um, in, in treatment of stem cells. However, they do have a fairly limited differentiation potential, whereas the allogenic stem cells have a higher level of differentiation. So stem cells can be divided into adult stem cells and fetal or embryonic stem cells, depending on the source they're derived from. Embryonic stem cells are de- derived from the blastocysts. So this is the inner cell mass of human embryos prior to implantation. They have the capacity to differentiate into any cell from the three original germ lines. So they can go into things like cardiac muscle cells, they can go into nerve cells, they can also go into cartilage cells. Their inherent totipotency, so this means that they can actually go into 
a number of different cells, however, predisposes them to tumor formation, such as teratomas. Additionally, there is controversy surrounding the ethical issues of embryonic cell stem cells. The stem cells that have been used have been from in vitro, uh, where there are a number of uh, blastocysts available, and they aren't all used in in vitro, and so the leftover cells can be used in stem cells. Umbilical cord blood contains a number of non-hematological stem cells, and these rarely express the antigens, the human leukocyte antigen, the HLA antigen, and they appear to be immunologically naive, so there's a less risk of rejection. There are also induced pluripotent stem cells, and so they can be generated from a number of somatic cells, and basically what happens is they're through genetic reprogramming, you can differentiate them into various phenotypes capable of proliferating into, again, the different cell types from all three germ layers. When we're originally formed in utero, we have basically three cell layers, and from those differentiate each cell in our body. When we go back, we can look at each one of these cell lines and then uh, attempt to instrument the stem cells to go in one direction or the other. There are also cells that can be obtained from a patient's own skin fibroblasts. And again, this would not have the immunological uh, implications that um, a um, blastocyst from another, uh, another embryo would. There are also adipose-derived stem cells. They're easy to harvest via liposuction. These are adult stem cells, and they contain, in addition to mesokinal <clears throat> elements, they also have hematopoietic and endothelial cell lines. So again, you've got your different cell lines. Bone marrow stem cells are also derived from bone marrow, and they can differentiate into various cell lineages. Stem cells have the remarkable potential to develop into many different cell lines in the body during early life and growth. <clears throat> in addition, many tissues and many tissues they serve as a source of internal repair, dividing infinitely to replenish and repair other cells as long as a person is alive. So thus we have stem cells alive in our body continuously as we're aging. However, they tend to decrease and to um, as we age. And so 
this is um, uh, in in healthy aging. This is one of the aspects that we're attempting to um, to look at. When a stem cell divides, each new stem cell has the potential to remain a stem cell, or they begin they can become another type of cell with a more specialized function, such as the muscle cell, the red blood cell, the heart cell, or even the brain cell. So stem cells differ from other cell types by two important characteristics. First of all, they're unspecialized cells capable of renewing themselves through cell division. Sometimes after long periods of inactivity. And secondly, under certain conditions, the cells can be induced to become tissue-specific or organ-specific cells with specific functions. In some organs, such as the gut and the bone marrow, stem cells regularly divide to repair and replace worn out or damaged tissues. In other organs, such as the pancreas and the heart, stem cells only divide under special conditions. Again, stem cells differ from other cells in that they are capable of dividing and renewing themselves for long periods. They're unspecialized, and they can give rise to specialized cell types. So unlike the muscle cells, the blood cells, or the nerve cells, which normally do not replicate themselves, stem cells may replicate many times or proliferate. Unspecialized stem cells can give rise to specialized hem cells, such as heart cells, blood cells, and nerve cells. When stem cells give rise to specialized cells, this process is called differentiation. While differentiating, the cell usually goes through several stages, becoming more specialized at each step. Scientists are just beginning to understand the signals inside and outside cells that trigger each step of the differentiation process. The internal signals are controlled by a cell's gene, which are the interspersed along the which are interspersed along the long strands of DNA and carry coded information for all cells, structure, and function. Again, we talked last week uh, some about the telomeres and the genes. The external signaling for cell differentiation includes chemicals secreted by other cells, physical contact with neighboring cells, and certain molecules in the microenvironment that actually trigger the cells to um, continue to differentiate. When we look at bone marrow stem cells, they typically generate um, the cell types of the tissues in which they reside. But research has shown that 
there's um, a lot of um, option, a lot of opportunity for uh, use of adult stem cells in medicine. So again, we look at the bone marrow. So bone marrow's stem cells are contained within the bone marrow. So harvesting them from one's body eliminates the possibility of cross-reaction or rejection since it's your own body supplying the stem cells. This is autologous. It's obtained from oneself. And the bone marrow aspirate contains not only mesokinal stem cells that develop into bone and cartilage, but it also contains progenitor cells which can differentiate into other specialized cells. The bone marrow also contains growth factors and cytokines. So cytokines are cells that affect the behavior of other cells. These cytokines aid in the fibroblast proliferation and fibroblasts are cells that synthesize the framework forming tissues like bone, cartilage, meniscus, ligaments, and more. All of this allows for repairing and remodeling of cartilage, bone, and other soft tissues such as the meniscus, ligaments, and tendons. Adult cells can also be harvested from one's own fat. Um, In a short while, we'll take a break, and then we'll continue uh, talking about the stem cells. We harvest them, again, from bone marrow or fat. So through simple liposuction, um, we can obtain fat from one's body. And from this, there are a number of cells that can differentiate into multiple cell lines. Uh, They can differentiate into ligaments, bones, cartilage, muscle, and tendons. We'll take a break and we'll come back shortly. Thank you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to bogardhealth at gmail.com. And now, back to Healthy Aging. Good morning. This morning we're talking about stem cell replacement in regenerative medicine. Uh, when we specifically talk about the the practices that are applicable to our healthy aging practice, we're looking currently at adult stem cells, and these can be harvested from both fat and bone marrow. Earlier, I talked about bone marrow and the potential for differentiating into various cell types. And then also we can look at uh, one's own fat. And again, these can differentiate into multiple cell types. Not only that, but they have some of the growth factors that provide the scaffolding to hold the stem cells in place and allow them to grow. So again, I want to emphasize that when we do look at regenerative medicine, we have already looked at the um, balancing through hormone replacement, uh, diabetes prevention, advanced cardiovascular health, the reduction of inflammation, and GI healing, balancing thyroid and adrenals, weight reduction, healthy eating, staying active, all of those things that are very important. So stem cells are used in a number of conditions, and what I will do is discuss some of these conditions. The most popular use today currently is stem cells in advanced osteoarthritis. Arthritis is the degeneration of cartilage, and that's the tissue lining the joints, and this leads to pain and limitation of function. The prevalence of arthritic conditions is expected to increase as the population increases and ages in the coming decades. Current treatments are limited to pain reduction and joint replacement surgery. Stem cells have tremendous potential here for treating disease and replacing or regenerating the disease tissue. The stem cell candidates for use in these therapies are multipotent adult stem cells, which then differentiate into tissues of the chondrogenic, the cartilage lineage, thus forming cartilage. 
These stem cells are harvested from adipose or bone marrow. And again, they're taken from the body's from one's own body, so the rejection risk of rejection is not there. Once the tissues are harvested, they're processed by centrifuge fugation and other purification steps. During this time, it's important that the joint is stressed as little as possible because the newly differentiated cartilage is highly susceptible to damage. Advantages include a quick and relatively uneventful recovery. The majority of the patients are ambulatory within 24 hours. However, obesity is a high risk factor for osteoarthritis and will produce high stress on a knee joint. Cardiovascular disease is a major cause of illness and death throughout the throughout the world. Most cardiac cells, most cardiac disease, such as ischemic heart disease and cardiomyopathy, which is a loss of the muscle, are all associated with loss of functioning myocytes or heart cells. Unfortunately, the heart has a limited regenerative capacity and is not able to replace these cardiomyocytes once they're lost. Stem cells do offer a potential for regenerating these cardiomyocytes. They resemble, you can actually um, uh, engineer the cells in such a way to, to um, proceed to the lineage of cardio cell types, and then um, inject them directly into the heart. So this is a specialized type of treatment requiring some invasive procedures, but potentially um, has some promising benefits in the treatment of both uh, where you've had a heart attack and lost muscle cell or a cardiomyopathy where you're globally lost muscle cell. Also, there we look at multiple sclerosis. So there are a number of treatments for relapsing multiple sclerosis. These treatments target the immune system, slowing damage to the myelin. And the myelin is the insulating substance that surrounds the nerve fibers. And this is a major target for the attack in multiple sclerosis. However, these therapies do not directly repair damage that has already occurred. And they're not helpful for many who have progressive multiple sclerosis. Stem cells, stem cell therapy holds the promise of actually repairing myelin. It's a restorative step that would be particularly helpful in people with a progressive phase of multiple sclerosis. Mesenchymal cells can be harvested from bone marrow and then multiplied in a lab. These purified mesenchymal stem cells are then injected into a patient's vein. They can also be given intrathecally through a spinal, through the spinal canal, and they travel 
through the bloodstream and the cerebral spinal fluid to the brain. These cells actually seek out damaged areas and help promote myelin repair, especially in laboratory animals. So various trials are being conducted to test the safety and feasibility of using mesenchymal stem cells in people with muscular, muscular multiple sclerosis. Excuse me. Another team at the University of Rochester recently reported successfully transplanting stem cells derived from human skin into the brains of mice. These cells develop into myelin-making cells that form new myelin quickly and efficiently. Uh, Dr. Goldman is in the process of developing clinical trials on, on humans in stem cell strategies. Two other we look at a few other studies. Um, there are two studies at UC Irvine. One is using human embryonic stem cells. And what these do is they're actually able to differentiate into, they're called oligodendrocytes, which go into the nerve precursor cells. And implanting these into the area of neuroinflammation in the spinal cord to initiate remyelinate remyelination. Another study at UC Irvine found that transplantation of neural precursor cells results in remyelination and can be used clinically. A study out of UCSF is researching a method to culture human embryo stem cells again to go in the direction of the oligodendrocytes to treat muscular multiple sclerosis. And another study out of Scripps Research Clinic in San Diego has, function, has focused on the identification of drug-like molecules capable of taking the cells into a cell differentiation in the oligodendrocytes to stimulate the process of remyelination. So as you can see, there are a number of studies out there looking at um, using stem cells in the treatment of multiple sclerosis. Also Parkinson's. So Parkinson's disease is believed to be a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Recent studies indicate that the pathogenesis includes a cascade of multiple molecular, cellular events, oxidative stress, a release of reactive oxygen species, aptosis, which is cell death, dysfunction of the mitochondria, and a degrading of certain protein systems. Even immune-mediated mechanisms are being suggested for the progression, which explains the drug resistance that happens with time. The cardinal symptoms of Parkinson's disease are bradykinesia, which is an inability to move, rigidity, tremor, and instability. These are treated with dopamine replacement drugs. However, these drugs are unable to 
interrupt the progression of the disease and ineffective against the disabling gut free, gate freezing, postural instability, lethargy, and lack of facial expressions. Also, over time, there are drug-induced motor system complications. Hence, it's suggested that to delay the therapy until it significantly limits the patient's activity of daily living. Stem cells have emerged as a promising uh, potential for treatment in Parkinson's. Bone marrow mesenchymal stem cells have the potential to differentiate into different lineages, including functional dopaminergic neurons. Animal studies illustrate that these cells have the potential to migrate to the lesioned area as they respond to the chemo attractants released at this site. Stem cell transplantation in the early stages of Parkinson's has the potential to prevent progression of the disease. These cells are actually injected directly into the ventricles of the brain through burhole surgery. Alzheimer's is a disease, a progressive disease, neurogenerative disorder, which impairs the memory and intellectual abilities of the affected individuals. Loss of episodic memory as well as semantic memory is an early and principal feature. Deposits of beta amyloid, a protein, are deposited in the brain and you see tangles, neurofibrofibrillary tangles and neuronal loss. This is the hallmark pathologically of Alzheimer's. Stem cells obtained from embryos as well as adult tissue engrafted in the intact brain of mice and rats was followed. In the brain, the stem cells exhibit, again, targeted migration towards the damaged areas of the brain when they're engrafted. They proliferate and mature into functional neurons. The neural precursors can be administered intravenously, and yet they migrate into the brain and induce functional recovery. So observation in animal models has provided evidence that stem cells or neural precursor stem cells survive, migrate, and differentiate into various cholinergic neurons, astrocytes, oligodendrocytes, and improve the learning and memory deficits. Besides replacement of lost or damaged cells, stem cells stimulate endogenous neural precursors. They enhance the structural neuroplasticity and they downregulate pro-inflammatory cytokines and neural cell death. Stem cells can also be genetically modified to express growth factors in the brain. In the last few years, evidence indicates that the adult brain of mammals preserves the capacity to generate new neurons from 
stem or progenitor cells. Inefficient adult neurogenesis may contribute to the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's and other neurodegenerative diseases. An attempt at mobilizing this endogenous pool of resident stem cells provides another attractive approach for Alzheimer's. When we look at diabetes, there's a couple different um, areas that stem cells are actually very helpful. The disease of diabetes has many secondary complications, including diabetic cardiomyopathy, a nephropathy, which is damaging the kidneys, a neuropathy, damaging the nerves, retinopathy, damaging the eyes, and diabetic wounds. The ability of mesenchymal stem cells to differentiate into several cell types, including muscle, brain, vascular, skin, cartilage, and bone cells, make this an option for treatment of various diabetic complications. The stem cells tend to migrate to the sites of tissue injury. In type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune attack against the pancreatic beta cells, they have actually used stem cells in a small study <clears throat> along with high-dose immunosuppression with cyclophosphamide. During a three-year follow-up, all but one patient became insulin-free for various time intervals of 35, 21, 6, and 5 months. This is still, as you can see, in its infancy, infancy but um, that also has the potential for um, treatment in the um, treatment in type 1 diabetes. When we return from our break, we'll wrap up some of the uses of stem cells and then summarize it currently in what's being applied in medicine today. Thank you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? 
live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to bogardhealth at gmail.com. And now, back to Healthy Aging. Good morning. We'll wrap up this session summarizing stem cells. Again, we've used them currently in some disorders, especially advanced osteoarthritis. There is some limited use in cardiovascular disease. Multiple sclerosis seems to be a treatment uh, that has some very promising benefits. Parkinson's and other neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and also diabetes. Diabetes, in type 2 diabetes, the uh, secondary complications uh, seem to be an area where stem cells may be beneficial. Also, type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disorder, um, in early stages can actually be treated with immunosuppression and stem cells and and show some promise. Stem cells have also been applied in the in various um, treatments for cancer. St- stem cells replace the damage or defective cells in patients whose normal blood cells have been affected by cancer. Transplants can be used to help the patients recover from aggressive radiation or chemotherapy treatments. These transplants use hemopoietic cells and these immature cells that begin life in the bone marrow eventually develop into mature blood cells. Red blood cells carry oxygen, platelets help the blood clot, and white blood cells help fight infection. Autologous transplants are from a person's own body, and they are harvested from the patient's own bone marrow before chemotherapy, and then are replaced after cancer treatment. These are used most often to treat diseases like lymphoma and myeloma. Allogenic transplants are from someone else, and they come from a donor whose tissue most closely matches the patient. They're used to treat diseases like leukemia. Unlike autologous, they do generate a new immune system response, a new immune system responsive to fight the cancer. The downside is there's an increased risk of rejection or graft-versus-host disease. Umbilical cord blood from newborn infants is extracted after placenta, from the placenta after birth and is saved in special cord blood bank for future use. 
<clears throat> stem cell transplants commonly are used to treat leukemia and lymph- lymphoma, cancers which affect the blood and lymphatic system. They're matched with human leukocyte antigen typing, HLA typing. This HLA is a protein that sits on the surface of the cell and helps distinguish uh, normal cells from foreign cells, such as cancer cells. Also, in cancer treatment, cancer stem cells also exist, and they can be defined as the cells initiating growth in the tumor. Compared to normal stem cells, the cancer cells are believed to have no control over cell numbers. Cancer stem cells form very small numbers in the whole tumor growth, but they're responsible for the growth of the tumor cells. Understanding these stem cells may help us answer questions related to cancer growth and target therapies in future cancer treatment. Also looking at autism, autism is a developmental disorder characterized by social impairment, communication difficulties, and learning and behavioral problems. It currently affects around 1 in 68 children in the United States, primarily boys. At present, there are no treatments that tackle the symptoms of autism. Behavioral and communication therapies such as speech and occupational and medications may help children with autism to function better. In various centers outside of the United States, stem cells are harvested and injected in the central nervous system via lumbar puncture and intravenous methods. Common outcomes after Treatment include overall improvement in behavior, improved eye contact and attention span, better communication, and improvements in concentration and social interaction. Also, COPD has been uh, looked at as an area where stem cells may be applied COPD is a worldwide epidemic affecting nearly over 200 million people and account for 3 million deaths annually. This disease is characterized by chronic inflammation of the airways and progressive destruction of lung tissue, a process most likely most of the time initiated by cigarette smoking. Unfortunately, there are no interventions that have been unequivocally shown to provide prolonged survival in patients with COPD. Regeneration of lung tissue by stem cells from various sources is a promising therapeutic strategy. Pivotal clinical trials are currently underway, which in a few years will provide major insights on the utility of stem cells and progenitor cells as therapeutic treatment in COPD. Some of the other areas that have been researched with stem cells including include my, a myotropic lateral sclerosis, that's Lou Gehrig's disease, Crohn's disease, spinal cord injury, various inherited metabolic disorders, 
disc disease, spinal disc disease, burn victims, eye disease, and other neurodegenerative diseases, including acute brain injury. So in summary, stem cells is a set of techniques that aim to replace cells damaged or destroyed by disease with functioning, healthy functioning cells. This, the technique themselves are still relatively new, but their application and their benefits are very broad. Again, although a great deal of stem cell therapy is still experimental, researchers have found the treatment promising for many diseases. The ultimate goal of stem cell therapy is to replace unhappy, unhealthy cells with healthy ones. And to do so efficiently, allowing proper cell functioning in the body. In addition, the potential uses for stem cell therapy continue to grow as we learn about the processes where a healthy cell becomes a disease cell. A major difficulty with stem cells is to identify stem cells within an active tissue culture. Cultures contain many cells and it is a challenge to identify specific cell types. When the stem cells are identified and then isolated from tissues, the appropriate solutions must be created to trigger these cells to develop into the desired cell types. Finally, there are additional issues that even when the cells are identified, isolated, and grown, the new cells require implantation into a person and they must essentially learn how to effectively function alongside the person's own cells. For instance, if you imagine a cardiac cell being implanted, think about the fact that it may not be with the same rhythm of a person's own heart cells and thus it would become ineffective. A person's immune system may also recognize the transplanted cells as foreign bodies and this can trigger an immune reaction that results in rejection of the new cells. The potential of cell therapy is to ease human suffering and dramatically affect disease. This has motivated scientists to research a number of ways to embrace current stem cell therapy and develop new ones. Again, stem cell therapy is a new science, but the results have far more impressive, um, uh, very impressive areas that scientists are eagerly studying to, to, to prevent diseases and treat diseases of your loved ones. 
to wrap it up, I'll show. I'll explain uh, the way I'm going to incorporate this into my practice. Um, I'm currently being trained through the American Academy of Anti-Aging on stem cell therapy, and plan in the coming year to incorporate it into my practice. Primarily, this will be used for advanced osteoarthritis, uh, taking stem cells from both bone marrow and fat and processing. It takes a, a certain amount of time to process the cells and to keep them to, to, to go along the correct process to, to be able to process the cells and uh, get them ready to then re-inject back into a joint for advanced osteoarthritis. This is also, again, clinically a promise for patients with multiple sclerosis, COPD, um, cardiac will be handled in a cardiac lab where cardiologists can actually inject directly into the heart and various neurodegenerative diseases may need the application directly into the brain rather than the cerebral spinal fluid or the intravenous method. Alternatively, it does give us promise of avoiding Procedures such as total joint replacement, um, and um, and that gives us um, some very um, promising advances. So we look forward to that in the coming years. As far as um, embryo and umbilical cord. Currently, these are not being used in the clinical area, and again, there are some ethical reasons why you end up staying away from these practices. However, I would emphasize that in the adult body themselves, between fat and bone marrow, there are a number of stem cells, and these potentially right within your body can help replicate. The oldest person to live was about 120. And um, the cause of death was determined that they just at the end ran out of stem cells. So you can see how important stem cells are in protecting our aging process and if we can keep our stem cells healthy by all the methods that I have described in the past few weeks and protect those stem cells when we need to replace existing stem cells we can do this clinically in uh, in various areas I appreciate your listening, and if you have any questions, feel free to contact us at bogardhealth at gmail.com. My website is bogardhealth.com. I look forward to speaking with you, and it's been my pleasure to be able to help people gain a more, um, a better quality in their life and a healthier life. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us this week for Healthy Aging. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Denise Bogard, again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon. 